Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Shop. This podcast is for product businesses and I speak to both retail buyers and brand owners about what it's really like to start and grow a retail business. My name is Therese and my mission is to help you build a scalable and profitable product business through wholesale. Today I will be joined by the lovely Hannah who founded Eponui in 2012. Hannah takes inspiration from nature to design a wearable jewellery range and she also runs a busy independent lifestyle store in Bedford where she also has her jewellery workshop and she and her team handcrafts each of her pieces. I invited Hannah to the podcast because she has a really unique perspective being both a brand owner and a shop buyer. So welcome, Hannah. Hi, uh, morning. Morning. How are you How doing? Are you? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I, I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to chat and to bring the podcast yeah. back. I know. It's been a while, hasn't it? So that's exciting. Yeah, it took a very long break. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Sometimes you need a break to get a fresh, fresh head on. I think so. I think I needed to work on other aspects of the business and I'm really excited to bring it back now rather than trying to put it out half-heartedly. Yeah. Did I miss anything crucial in your introduction? (laughs) I don't think so. It was a very glowing introduction. Thank you. People don't normally introduce me like that. They're just like, oh, yeah, this is fun. What came first? So you started the jewellery brand first and then opened the brick and mortar store. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So I founded the jewellery business back in uh, 2012, like you said, Um literally from my kitchen table after I quit my PR job working for Disney yeah it just sort of it grew slowly from there I just moved to a new place so I was finding work I'd gone from working for you know a huge global business to working from my kitchen table the change was quite extreme and I'd moved to a new place I didn't really know anyone so I was working from home and I also got a little job in a coffee shop so that I could integrate myself within the local community to actually meet people, which was invaluable at the time. Otherwise, I think I would have gone a little bit crazy working on my own all the time. And from there, it just sort of grew organically through working from home, creating new pieces, finding my inspiration and figuring out exactly what I wanted to make. And then also working in the coffee shop and sort of people starting to hear about what I was doing and they would come for their coffee. And then also I'd be chatting to them about what I did on the side. And then in the end, I'd be like, would you like a necklace with your coffee? And it just sort of grew a little bit from there. And then as the business developed and I figured out what direction I wanted to go in, I did actually start wholesaling before I had the shop. The first time I did top drawer, I think it was uh, 2013, maybe? God, the years. Started off by doing sort of consumer shows like Country Living. And then I moved to start doing top drawer, which was really good for the business. And then it, it got me to a place where I was like, right, okay, this is serious. I need to get myself together I can't keep working from the kitchen table so I was originally looking just for studio space to help me with the volume that I needed and then the perfect shop unit came up that allowed me to have both and so yeah that was eight years ago and I opened the shop yeah eight years ago and what I've been really careful to do all along over the years is grow really carefully it's only in the most recent years 
that we've grown a lot more. In the beginning, I was very careful with it because I didn't want to go before I'd even begun. So you started selling wholesale at, at Top Draw, and then when you got the shop, you took a bit of a break. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. So once I had the shop and the shop was up and running and that really took off, I was doing it all myself. So I was working seven days a week. I was making all the jewellery. I was running the shop, which was open, I think, five, six days a week in the beginning. Being a shopkeeper, a jewellery maker and just trying to do it all and fulfil wholesale, it was just too much. I couldn't yes, do it. Yes, of course. I wasn't, in the, right in the beginning, I wasn't in the position to hire anyone really, apart from like, you know, a little bit of extra help in the shop. So I took a step back from the wholesale and then it's in recent years where I've picked the wholesale back up again. Now that the business has grown and I've got a bigger team and we are able to, what I didn't want to do, like I said, with the doing it sort of carefully and organically, I didn't want to take on more than I knew we could handle because it would just sink you. So yeah, so in the recent years, I've got back on the wholesale wagon and that's really nice and do you think you have a different approach now because you have that unique perspective now of both having the shop and being a brand and has that helped you yes I definitely think I do have a unique approach in that people sell like independent brands sell to me all the time there isn't a day that goes by that I don't get a phone call email someone walk into the shop and um, trying to sell to me so I feel like I've come across all of the different ways of being approached and I know what I know what I'm receptive to and I know what I'm not receptive to and I you know I've had years of selling other people's products so I know how to merchandise I know how to yeah I I understand all of the aspects on both sides so I really feel like we are in a unique position in that and I know from our product what sells day in day out I know that there's products in our shop that I literally there isn't a day that goes by that I don't sell so when I'm Talking to stockists, I can say our silk bracelets, for instance, they're literally in a day that goes by where we don't sell one. You know, this is a really good starting point. And then these are our best sellers. And, and I can prove it because we've been there for eight years. I feel like hopefully that gives a buyer from another store more confidence because if I can do it in Bedford, which I'll be honest, is not the busiest hustling, bustling. It's, Bedford is, I'm the biggest advocate. But it's not like we've got a shop in a seaside town in Cornwall that is thriving with footfall. But still, our product sells every day. So I really hope that that gives a buyer confidence to say, well, if they're doing it day in, day out, it would be easy for me to translate into after. Yeah, I think that's a really, really good point. It's a really, mm. I mean, I I would have thought that, that means that they could buy with much more confidence. Yeah. And for the shop, what kind of products do you buy in? And do you like buying from small so, brands? I do. I do. I do. I love buying from small brands. Um, and that's what we really focus on. We do stock a couple of other bigger brands to be able to give a really good cross-reference of price points and product offerings. But I love working with small brands and I get a real thrill out of finding small brands, discovering them when I'm out about on my travels or I'm on social media or something, someone approaches me with something really exciting. But I think the first thing I would look for was, is does this brand visually align with what we do? How is their product going to look on the shop floor? Because so much of what we do is very visual. The team find it hilarious when I sometimes buy things by accident that like stick out like a saucer in the shop because it really jars me and I can't cope with it very well. For instance, anything red. 
um, I really avoid anything red, which at Christmas is very interesting. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could go for like a deep burgundy, but like a letterbox red, I really struggle with. So visually, and then obviously you look at the product credentials, but we buy anything from well-being to lifestyle gifts to homeware and sort of a cross-section between those areas. When someone pitched to you, how important is it that they have thought about that? How will it fit into your shop? Do you do you pay more? Are you more likely to get back to them if they have thought about it? Definitely. Like I know that I would only approach shop that I feel our product would fit in. Because firstly, I would, I'm really careful about where we stock because I only want to be, I want our product to be in places where I know we would have a similar crossover customer base. It's plat- it's only it's sensible. There's no point in approaching a shop where I just think their demographic is not going to work for us because it's not going to help anybody. So I would hope that people, other brands who are approaching us would do the same because otherwise it just doesn't make sense. And what do you think is so, a yeah. good way to do that? So I would first and foremost have a look on their Instagram, have a look on their website, maybe look at what other brands they stock because there's definitely other brands out there that I know we sit alongside well. And I'm sure as a business owner, if you know your product inside out, you'll know your peers, not necessarily if you're a candle brand, for instance, not necessarily every other candle brand that's in your cohort, but maybe if there's a really lovely I now I'm struggling to think of anything like a, a homemade brand that would you would sit alongside. I would maybe look for stockists that stock similar things that visually you know you would sit alongside a brand credentially you would sit well with. Yeah, I'd say it's really important because you're much more likely to get a bite from a from the buyer if they think it's going to sit well and 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 it helps you as well. I think it helps everyone if you thought about it a little bit. You know, looking at your Instagram and website, for example. Even if I had a very colourful range, maybe I wouldn't lead with my colourful range. I would lead yeah. with whatever, to, say I did cards or something, I would lead with mm-hmm. whatever was a little bit more slow living, like natural vibes, rather than mm-hmm. my super bright Christmas range or something. And I think unless you've got a really, really, really niche product, which definitely there are out there, if you've got a wide range, then there's probably going to be something in there for, like, like you said, a card brand, for instance. Like, I buy from, oh, we buy lots and lots of cards. Love cards. Absolutely love cards. One of my, actually, cards is one of my favourite things to buy. I really love buying cards. And there's loads of brands that I would buy from, but there's, you know, styles or selections or collections that I wouldn't buy, but there's definitely going to be a, there's definitely going to be something in there that would work. It might yeah. be that I only buy from a small, a small part, but there's still something. And what is a good introduction email, do you think, from a new brand? Well, you've helped me loads with those over the years. <laughs> um, good, A good introduction would be something not too long, something I would try and get something visual in the email words are great and you can describe your brand but I think if you're a physical bricks and mortar shop owner there's going to be a huge visual element to it and I know that I react to images a lot quicker than I would to an email you know words in an email so try and get something visual in there a link to your website and maybe a highlight of bestsellers anything that can make buying your brand easier for a buyer who's probably getting multiple of these emails a day yeah and it's anything to make the buyer's life easier so something visual an easy link to the website and maybe a top 
top three to five bestsellers from the collection or top three to five that you would think would work well in their shop like we just said about if you make really colorful pieces but this shop isn't really colorful say this monochrome range might work really well for you and it highlights their living anything you can do to help make a decision for a buyer easier which is hard and i know that because when we wholesale i have like 200 different lines and then it, it is hard and I, I struggle with it myself but yeah I just think yeah anything you can do to make it easier and what is the last brand that you said yes to and decided to stop the most recent brand I think is an actually a local ceramicist to our shopping studio called Bethany Wells and she has created for us the most beautiful collection of ceramic and we have our own shop glazes that we're working on Lovely. with her so so she, so Bethany, again, this is a really good example. So Bethany does a huge, a big range of ceramic, but her bud vases and certain colorways work really well in our shop. So this is, that's then the area that we're working on more. And when she came to show me the product, she brought everything that she thought visually would fit well within the shop. So like earthy tones, everything that would work well. We tried some blues, the blues didn't work. They were too bright. So then we culled those and then worked with the earthy tones. So that's a really good example of working to your strengths for different stockists. It won't be that you can send a blanket email to 50 different stockists and the same thing is going to work for everyone. Everyone's going to have a slightly different skew. And I think it's nice if you can offer a stockist a slightly different skew because then you're making them feel more special. So working with Bethany on certain types and sizes of vases and certain glazes gives us an edge of having something totally unique for the shop which I think is amazing that is amazing and and you know just the fact that you talk so passionately about her products now is because she does that right she offers something standout exactly I love Um, that she's local which I know can't always be a that won't always be possible but for us with this product it just so happens to be that she is local. And what time of the year do you buy new products? I would buy new products throughout the year um, if I find something that I love. But obviously our peak buying time, we're coming into, well, as a smaller brand, we're coming into like a peak buying time now. I've already bought some pieces for Christmas um, and then I have them on like a back order ready to drop in like September, October. Um, But yeah, we're coming into peak buying time now where I will buy the majority of my stock and we will create the majority of our stock for Christmas like we're in our quieter months now in the summer we're working on all of our Christmas stock now so that we've got a good space to build from over the next few months in terms of like your wholesale how is that going that's going well um that's going really well that's been growing over the last sort of year and a half we're taking on new stockists all the time and we're working to fulfill all of the orders i'm also dabbling with that now well we're still setting up which feels like it's been a labor of love um but we're dabbling with fair which hoping will give us a bit more exposure um and then we have top draw coming up in quite an alarming i think three four weeks my plan is to launch the podcast in the beginning of end of august beginning of september so by the time you're listening to this it might already be top draw (laughs) oh my gosh yeah and i'll be it's gonna be uh, so soon (laughs) yeah it really is (laughs) because as well top top draw really signals the start of crazy season crazy in a good way but crazy nonetheless we're preparing for top draw which is always a really good one and I think it is a big 
show in terms of expense and it is a big outlay for a business but I don't feel like there's another way to really rival meeting face-to-face buyers and being able to really show your product especially for something like ours with jewellery where things are so small and detailed and you really want to see the craftsmanship because we hand make everything there's loads of jewellery brands out there that don't hand make anything and you know it's all mass produced and therefore they've got a bigger higher volume turnover but for us where everything is so considered so handmade you want to see the craftsmanship and i it's very hard with the best photographers in the world and i have an amazing um team of photographers that i use there's nothing quite like seeing the product touching it feeling it trying it on and then actually having a face-to-face conversation with someone personally for us i don't think you can beat that so that's why i like to go to the show i agree i think that there's nothing if a brand is ready for a trade show and i think that is a big Mm. you know you have to be ready but once you're Mm. ready there's no other way like you save so much time it's a very intense time it's expensive but you save so much time in that like mm-hmm. buying cycle, the just being able to meet people face to face. There's just nothing comparing to it, I think. Yeah, no, there's not. Especially if you can, it, and it's it's like having the shop. You know, we have an we have a website for Epanwe where we predominantly sell the jewelry and some of and the small selection of our lifestyle pieces, and we try to translate the shop experience online. But you. And I hope that we do a good job, but you can't rival someone walking in the shop, having a great conversation with them, them trying the jewellery on, getting that one-to-one experience of, well, I'm buying for a special 30th birthday present. What would you recommend? How does this work? Would If the person's already got the halo necklace, what would go with that? You know, you don't get that conversation online. You can try. And it's the same with the trade shows. Yeah, it's just, it's invaluable and like you said it is intense it is very 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 intense but building that relationship and actually meeting people is and i love it i really i really really enjoy it to get such a buzz out of it meeting new people even if you're not you know making sales with every single person that you speak to there and then you're doing a lot of the building of of the relationship and you're more likely to stick in someone's head if they've met you they've seen your stand your stand stands out in their mind they know you as a face or they've met one of your team as a face you, you're then for the next year going ahead if you keep in touch with them you're more likely to massage that relationship and build something for sure and I, I guess also you do such a great job with your sad I think if a brand is thinking about listening and thinking about doing a show they should definitely go and visit and look at your stand. You do such a beautiful job because it it really makes you feel like you understand the brand at like as a visual representation very mm. easily. It, because you have such dainty yeah. jewelry that is mm. so hard to do, and I think you really have a thoughtful display. And I guess that's because you also have the show and a shop, and you know how yeah. to display your product. But yeah, but yeah, um, so we basically got the shop and then just move it down to Kensington Olympia for like three days. <laughs> um, so if anyone who actually visits the shop while we're at Top Draw is like, oh, what's happening? Here? <laughs> it looks really weird. Um, but then yeah, we we move everything down there, and we basically set up a mini version of the shop. And then the other thing that 
I think buyers quite like is that we obviously when they when people place an order with us, we provide all the same packaging that we would have if you bought the product in the shop as a consumer. And then also we offer point of sale display. So we use a lot of natural fabric um, and things to display our jewellery on. So we always say we can offer that. We can offer you like a starter kit of fabric cushions, branded fabric, any sort of um, strut cards. And then so it makes it easier for a buyer to create their own version of what we have in their shop. I think that's so lovely. This could be for wholesale or for the shop, but do you mm. have what was your latest like big or small VIN that stands out? I don't know whether this well actually I tell you what the latest win that I feel really pleased with and it might seem to other people really really small was that I finally after promising for at least a year got our online loyalty scheme up and running now I'm a digital pen no I'm not digital at all I'm a pen and paper girl like give me a notebook and a nice pen and I will run my business from that pen and paper um but I appreciate that in this day and age you can't do that really very successfully um so we've had like a paper loyalty card for years with literally a hobbycraft star stamp so anyone that wanted to fleece us could just go to Hobbycraft, buy their own stamp and just stamp away and get the jewels. <laughs> but um, it's normally little kids that come to the till and they go, well, we've got that stamp at home. And I'm like, oh, yeah, go for it. Go. You're going to go home and stamp the car and get your dirty pounds But So for a long time, I've wanted to move to this digital system, which is brilliant for everybody because as a brand, obviously it really helps our online presence. It means that whether you're local to the shop or whether you live in the Outer Hebrides, you can shop with us and get your points. And as the points grow, you get like financial rewards off of future jewellery purchases. But for someone who's not so digitally okay, it's taken me a really, really long time to get my head around it. Um, but we launched it uh, a week and a half ago and it's been amazing. We've had such a brilliant response um people are loving it it's kind of it's helping grow the community online and in the shop so if you have got one of our um paper uh, loyalty cards we're obviously transferring all of the points that you have from those onto our digital system and it means that you don't have to remember that little bit of paper anymore and it you know there's ways of i think feeling part of the community the the economy community a little bit better you can share news about FNWE with your friends and, you know, money off your next jewellery purchase for both of you. You can put your birthday in. There's loads, there's loads of stuff you can do. And I know for so many brands, this is like their bread and butter and the company we're doing it for years. You know, when you're a small business and you're doing every element of everything, sometimes these things can just take a little while. But I think, yeah, so I feel really pleased with that. <laughs> well done! <laughs> I think that is so good. (laughs) You know, we all have things that we work on for a long time that doesn't quite happen. And I think when they do, it's such a big personal win. And for the business, perhaps. But, but, you know, it just feels good. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. To finally get... I've been writing it on my to-do list for over a year. Like, every day. It's like, 
Loyalty scheme, loyalty scheme. And just to have to not write the word loyalty scheme again is really quite <laughs> like it's, it's Yeah. Those pesky things that you have on your to-do list that just never go away. And it might be something massive that you write as one bullet point that you know full well is like multiple days of work. And you put it as a, as a single bullet point on to-do list thinking, that's never going to get done because I know that's going to take me a week to do. That's not that's not a ten minute job. Um, yeah, it's very satisfying. So whether that whatever that is, it might be like calling that stockist or following up with someone. I think that the satisfaction that you get once you've done something is yeah, pretty epic. Amazing. Well done for getting it done. What <laughs> is now? What's the new thing to on your to do list now? What's the future? So I mean Christmas. So Christmas now is front and centre. Um, so that, um, yeah, that's a, that's a big thing. But yeah, having a baby in November. So that's kind of going to be interesting with uh, yeah. getting Christmas. Yeah, exciting. Running. Yeah, very, very Ooh, I wonder, yeah, like, got, when you go to top draw, yeah. I wonder if you're going to be tempted to buy in baby stuff for the shop. Because that's going to be cute stuff. Yeah. Well, I know. I, lots of people have said that to me when they've come in the shop and they're like, oh, I can't wait to see. You're, you know, you're definitely going to have to make a space for some new little baby pieces. That is, you know, and, and again, that's quite exciting because that's a new area that I can buy in for the business. That I haven't really, I mean, obviously I could have stocked baby things before, but it's not been an area that I've really focused on. That might be something quite nice to... Um, to think about but yeah no Christmas is front and center for us and we've grown our team this year we've had got new people in place which is really exciting which means that it's a well-oiled machine now and hopefully having I mean there's nothing like an impending deadline to really fire you up and you know get get your ducks in a row so for Christmas I feel actually feel more organized than ever which is brilliant so hopefully we'll go into this season with lots of exciting ideas. We've got loads of things planned for launching sort of October, November time. Um, so, yeah, exciting. That is so exciting. I can't. I, I mean, I, it'd be nice. Well, I don't know if I'm going to top draw yet, but I'll have to pop into the shop uh, <laughs> to see you before. Absolutely. How can people find you? If they are listening to this and they want to have a look at your jewellery and pick up some, I don't know, gifts for themselves or friends. <laughs> yeah, so you can find us at www.fhenry.co.uk. Um, you can find us on Instagram at fhenry Lifestyle. You can find us on Facebook at on the same name. Or if you are local to Bedfordshire, then you can come and visit us in our bricks and mortar store which is on mill street in bedford and yeah we love to meet everyone but i know that that's not necessarily always possible so the website is the best place to find us where you can sign up sign up to our shiny new loyalty system <laughs> yeah and, uh, and yeah. if you're a buyer you can go visit a top drawer <laughs> exactly yeah if you're a buyer you can come visit us at top drawer at the beginning of september um, or drop us an email, um, Hannah at fhenry.co.uk, and we can send you over our lookbook um, and line sheet, and then hopefully make these as painful as 
No, I'm not painful. I'm pain-free. I'm <laughs> definitely not as painful as possible. I'm pain-free as possible. Yeah, amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast oh, and sharing. Thank you for having us. Yeah, I'll pop all the links in the show notes too. So it will be easy. One click to shop, I guess. Yeah, perfect. Thank you, Therese. It's been lovely chatting to you. Thank you so much and I hope you have a really lovely day and I will definitely come and visit before, you know, the baby arrives. Lovely. All right. I'll see you soon. Take care. Bye. Bye.